Hi there and welcome to the Conscious Man Project. This project is all about sharing experiences of life in the form of stories, insights, lessons, conversations and interviews. I am Bevan Lynch, a creative director, MC, presenter, husband, dad of two girls, a fellow human on this life journey and your host, here sharing what I learn and discover with you in the hope that we all grow, improve and become better than we were yesterday. So welcome to the Conscious Man Project. Welcome to another episode of the Conscious Man Project. My name is Bevan Lynch here, your host, uh, chatting to you about things to, I guess, raise your and my level of awareness about just things. Um, I guess because I'm a dude, uh, I don't mind saying this, about sort of manly things, because that's the only thing I can really talk about, given the fact that I'm a dude. <laughs> One of the concepts that I've been ruminating on or sort of meditating on for quite some time is this idea of revering others to the point of not really knowing and appreciating the value that I bring. Really know how to sort of explain this better, so I'm just going to wing it. I, just through my programming and conditioning growing up, we were always taught as young kids, not just within our home, but within the community, South African community within which we grew up, to always revere and respect our elders or those that were older than us, sometimes to, like to a fault, um, these, this revering uh, or reverence put towards those that were old, older um, played out in the form of initiation. So I was part of the generation, sort of the, of the sort of the back end of when initiation became uncool. Uh, although I do remember being initiated both, uh, making the provincial water polo team. That was hugely embarrassing things that um, the older guys made us do, uh, as well as also within water polo, I think, sort of uni, and there were other things that, that we did. Uh, and then soon after that, initiation probably, it probably still goes on, went largely sort of underground. And then, you know, being in a sort of a religious, sacred uh environment, you know, respecting, um, I guess, the hierarchy within that space, generally the older someone was within the church uh, priesthood, uh, meant the more, how do you say, clout or honor that person had, and so it was all around, basically what I'm saying is that it, it was everywhere, This this idea that around me there would always be someone that is older than me and as a result I ought to be respectful of them just because they had lived longer in this form on this earth. 
at the end of this year, 2019, I'll be 36 years old. And I'm only now really awakening my consciousness to the idea that that's actually bullshit. Just because someone has breathed <laughs> more breaths, <laughs> for argument's sake, doesn't make them any better or worse than me. And yet, through my programming, I believed and have come to believe that if someone's older, it means that they know more, they are wiser, uh, or at least the ideal that was instilled in me. And so, in life, when things happen, so for example, when, you know, when I was younger, you'd hear of stories of marriages breaking up. Now, that's when sort of divorces and, and stuff like that weren't really common, at least where I was from. And so you'd be shocked, you'd be like, and I'm, I'm picking on the idea of divorce and obviously people get, you know, um, separated for various reasons. But as a, as a young boy, you'd see like an older person doing something that was against, say, the church's way or will, um, this idea of divorce. And it would come as quite a shock, like, oh, you know, it's, it's going against the, the tradition and the way of how society ought to operate. Um, it would also um, shine a light on this idea of, oh, but I thought older people had their shit together. And if older people have got their shit together, uh, it means they're happy and it means that their marriages will last. I mean, if you just follow that logic. And so when something like a, a marriage split or a divorce happened, it would come as a shock. You know, it wouldn't be just, oh, you know, they're just two people who um, have elected to, you know, consciously uncouple. You know, in, in our community, it was always like the shock and scandal and gossip. And I think because it was fueled by this idea that older people ought to have their shit together. At least that's my frame of reference. And again, 36 at the end of the year, 2019, and I feel like I'm only coming to terms with the fact that actually no one has their shit together. And like that's refreshing as a concept, as an idea. But it also shone a light on my programming, you know, uh, almost undervaluing the value that I would bring, whether it's in a, a friendship scenario, a business scenario, a um, what, whatever situation. If someone, say in a business meeting, was older than me, just because of my age, so if I saw, for example, more gray hairs, or the fact that this person had kids that were older than me and I didn't know their age, I, I sort of, through my programming, I'd make up these assumptions. That, okay, and this is subconscious, right? I'm, I'm not thinking about this, that they, because they were older, they are wiser and so I need to listen to them and what they have to say and value their opinion and their experience over mine. 
and like that is a flawed like the departure point on thinking from that point is flawed and I've only seen that recently and there, there were a couple of events that that happened um, mostly from a business first from a business perspective where in business I was around people and I would see business dealings happen that fundamentally were almost against my moral fiber so this is different from programming you know when something feels feels wrong like at, at, a, at, a, at a moral level I would through my programming ignore that feeling and then my programming would override that so say for example um, say a boss of mine wanted me to fire someone within the team. My initial gut reaction to getting that sort of news would be to you know, sort of ride up against my moral fiber to the point where I'm like, well, that's not like the reasons that you're giving me to, to get rid of this person within this con context does not hold water. And so I'd listen, and at a gut level, I knew that there was uh, a personality clash between this boss and this individual. Uh, yet, at a business level, I'd listen to the boss and be like, well, this person has made it in business, and so the way that this person is operating must be good, and so I need to listen to this person because of this, you know, X, Y, Z. In hindsight, as weird as this sounds, in that particular situation, I listened to my gut because I didn't believe for a second that the person uh, who was being asked to, you know, I was being asked to help uh, sort of get out of the business, didn't deserve that. But only in hindsight did I see the value that I brought to that situation. Only did I see that in, in hindsight. And the value is seeing the picture through my eyes. I'm not saying that I'm right, right? It's a, this, is, this is not saying oh, I'm right and you know, the, the boss is wrong. It's more about how my programming affected my thinking, my sort of subconscious, unconscious programming affected my thinking in that moment to undervalue my moral gut reaction and overvalue or overestimate the value of someone in business who just happens to be older. Than me. Instead of looking at it and saying, well, that's one way of operating. If I listen to my gut, how might there be a way to operate in the world that pleases my moral fiber, but also meets the commercial realities of what it means to run this organization? 
I didn't do the latter uh, easily. I had to really grapple with what the hell was going on. And that was the first instance where it sort of threw up this whole idea of, okay, hang on, hang on, hang on. Let's not blame other people for how they are in the world because I, I can't influence, I, I can't control other people. Yeah, I can influence, can't control them. Let's take a deeper look at how does my programming affect how I deal in the world, whether that be business and economic transactions, emotional transactions, familial transactions, engagements, uh, and it's definitely something that is, how do I say, shone a massive light on this program, this whole idea of just because you're older, you ought to be revered. And if I think of phrases that we say, that were said to me, as a young boy, so I, I was the oldest of three, or I am the oldest of three. Things said to me would be like, Bevan, you're the oldest, you need to set the example. Okay? And then my siblings would hear that, and so I don't know what their programming is, but I would argue that it's, uh, Bevan's older, uh, he therefore is, for argument's sake, wiser, and so his opinion carries more weight over mine which is total bullshit. <laughs> and I saw that when we recently got together earlier this year. It was a magical time. And I made a conscious decision to not treat my siblings as a younger brother or sister. Not treat them to see them as those things, but rather to see them as adults, which they are in the world doing amazing things as they are and just be around the energy that they bring to their environment daily. And it was a magical, dare I say this, energetic shift from being the older brother who's supposed to have all the answers and know all the things to just seeing them as really great humans who I am proud to call brother and sister. And so that was the, the second piece to say, well, you know, if my consciousness was awoken in the first instance through this business dealing. And there were a couple of, you know, other ones that happened after that. Um, and I still catch myself, you know, when I'm around someone who, who is older who has more gray hairs than me, and maybe a bit more wrinkles, to think that, you know, they must have their shit together, and so I need to defer my judgment, to, to defer my knowing, we'll call it that, and raise theirs and put it on a pedestal. Incredible insight, man. Like, I cannot tell, and you probably is listening to this now and thinking one of two things. One, Bevan, what the fuck are you talking about? Or two, thinking about where have you potentially in the past and maybe in the recent past and maybe still now, how do you do that? You know, how do you defer what it is that you know and feel at a gut level? We'll talk about guts uh, 
another time. Because the gut has the same amount of neurons, if not more, than your brain. But anyway, where have you deferred your better judgment, your better knowing, to another just based on an idea that was instilled in you when maybe you were younger around the fact that if someone's older, if they ought to be listened to more so than your knowing. Man, like when the light, proverbial light shone on that for me, it like fucked me up big time, man. I was just like, whoa, 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 whoa. What decisions have I been making? How have I been operating in life, deferring the me that is me and handing, you know, almost (laughs) myself over as a prisoner to someone else's opinion and presumably better judgment? Fuck. Like, I mean, I was both... Uh, elated that I discovered this, but also disappointed. It's looking back saying, well, what opportunities have I squandered or let slip or not taken full advantage of as a result of being that way in the world? Anyway, you can't cry with spilt milk, and so I quickly, you know, you quickly sort of deal with that, and I think I'm still coming to terms with that. And then trying to, and I've spoken about catching myself in previous episodes, but I'm now catching myself daily when thinking about this. So how am I in emails to people? How how am I on the phone uh, if someone sounds older? How am I with my kids? And how is the programming that was instilled in me, how am I pushing that potentially Onto them, what phrases am I saying? You know, I caught myself the other day saying to Charlotte, my eldest, I say, Charlotte, you're the oldest, I expect more from you. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, like her developmental process and my expectations of where she should be should have no, no connection to her uh, physical age. You know, some people, you know, like, what do they say? Uh, they might be young, but they're old in spirit or in energy. So an old person in a young person's body or the other way around, like a youthful soul, even though they might be you know, physically the age of 70, 80, 90 years old. So you know, people are who they are and they bring what they bring. And they shouldn't be held prisoner to an idea of the should, what they should be doing, when they should be doing it, how they should be doing it, with whom they should be doing it. Um, And so maybe that's the insight, is what shoulds, as in S-H-O-U-D-S, what shoulds have been programmed into you that are informing and potentially sabotaging how you deal in the world and not allowing you to... I don't know, breakthrough to the next ceiling. Uh, I think I heard it once saying, it's like, I don't know if it's a a famous uh, Eastern saying where 
you'll keep learning, you'll keep experiencing pain until you learn the lesson. Only when you learn the lesson can you graduate to the next layer of of stuff. And within that, you'll keep repeating the same mistake, doing the same thing in different contexts until you learn and see and then graduate to the next layer and to the next layer. I, I, I'm probably s screwed up that particular saying by <laughs> um, sharing it in the way that I just have. But you get the idea. So coming back to it, what programming do you see if you just take a quick look and take stock of where you are in life? What programming is influenced to get you to where you are now? And what is that same programming that is sabotaging you from moving to the next stage? For me, I've identified this idea of programming, of deferring better judgment, or, or my own knowing, better, better knowing, deep knowing, to someone else just based on their age. And that's just one component and how it's morphed into all these areas of life and how I operate. I think millennials, so a generation sort of um, later than me, so I'm a, I don't know what they call it, zennial, so 80, 83, early 80s. The actual millennials, I think, have a better grasp on self-value uh, so I think personally I, I look at these young people and you know, building these tech companies doing all these things going against the grain what I mean against the grain against going to university or college or whatever the case might be and literally changing industries in the world and categories I would want to look at the programming that they had. And I would argue that it's probably a bit different. And the result of that is what we see playing out now, manifest in reality in the world. Um, fascinating, fascinating stuff. And so my thing over the next couple of weeks, months, probably years, is making sure that I stay awake enough to make sure that that level of deference and deferring to others. I think I use deference in the right context there. Anyway, maybe you can tell me if I haven't. Uh, correct me on that one. Someone who I love listening to is Rich Roll. His vocabulary, man, is like next level. He'll say a word and I'll be like, oh my God, that's such a good word. And then I'll look it up afterwards. <laughs> uh, just to see it used in different contexts. He is so good. Um, so, I don't know, Ritual, if you'll ever listen to this, but, you know, if you do, just big up to you, man. Uh, love your vocab. Um, but anyway, the, look, the idea of the Conscious Man Project is probably selfishly, first and foremost, to, to make sense of my world. And through that process, whatever I learn, 
I put out there and you know, maybe there's a nugget in here that you'll take away and be like, oh yeah, you said something really cool and you know, the rest was shit, but you know, that one thing uh, was really good. And so the second piece is really the hope that through listening to this and allowing yourself to let it wash over you, that you raise your level of self-awareness and together, I think, and I think I know, I have this belief that if we all just raise our level of consciousness together, particularly as men, we can shift society. We can shift how we are in the world daily. We can, instead of saying knee-jerk statements like, uh, you know, big boys don't cry, man the fuck up, stop being a girl, stop being a pussy, like... I'm not saying we need, now need to swing all the way in the other direction and become emotional, um, uh, inert, incapable, flesh, mobile beings. I'm not saying that. But what I am really saying is I feel like men are more than the phrases that have formed the boundaries within which we need to operate. We're much more than that. Uh, we are creative. In some cases, we are flamboyant and over the top. Uh, we are also not extroverted. You know, we don't have to be out drinking a beer with mates all the time to feel fulfilled and satisfied. You know, we, we are the full spectrum of these things. So I hope my goal and my aim is to share this with you in an intimate setting like this where I'm in your ears or what I'm saying is in your ears without distraction, visual distraction. And you can just ruminate and meditate on it as well. And so... Yes, it took me a while to get to the point, but the point of today's podcast or episode is to really take stock of programming, of the shoulds, all the shoulds that have programmed you. Like I, th I often think, because I took ComSign, computer science, for a year at university, and I often think of when I think of programming, they taught us this thing called if this then that statements in in computer programming. I think it's quite fundamental to most programs, but I could be wrong. So you know, if you do this, then that. It's like for this, you can expect that. So in our lives when we were growing up, this was done, then that happened. And so that then forms a boundary or an avenue of thinking without questioning to everything. If you start just really taking stock, you can see the programming that you've had. And once you see it, you can take steps to change it. And that's what becoming conscious, I believe, is seeing the programming and then you can choose. You can either choose to leave it, 
because it serves whatever purpose and vision you have, or change it. So you become the programmer instead of being programmed. Easier said than done, obviously. But I just wanted to put this out there today. And if you're listening, thank you. Hit me up at bevanlynch.com forward slash the conscious man project. That's the blog where you can check out all the episodes or blogs or vlogs rather. And also proud to announce that now officially on Apple Podcasts. So SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, as well as bevanlynch.com forward slash the conscious man project. And if you're into Facebook and Instagram, the handle is at Conscious Man Project. And you'll find just cool things that I share from time to time. And obviously plugging each of these episodes when they are published. Just share them. Um, in time, I'd like to get into some sort of apparel. You know, just cool uh, t-shirts and things with rad sayings on them to promote in sort of a subtle way trying to raise people's levels of awareness in the immediate community supported obviously by what you see here and then eventually getting into some sort of video format interviewing some really cool movers and shakers the guys who are change makers within their community uh, where we can exemplify and showcase men who are doing good things in a good way and how do we identify what those good things are you feel that at a gut level when you look at it and you just know this person's doing good shit and more people need to hear about it or know about it so that's really the definition of that but without further ado I'll let you go thank you as always for your ear time uh, and I'm just going to cover it with that so as always peace